Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. Rise up. The answer lies in the heart of battle. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Hadouken! It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Take 6 edition of Talk Time Live Exclusive. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Returning to the show is gentleman Josh Chernoff from the Fight TV show, clearly for wrestling, called So Says Chernoff. It's one of the best shows I've ever watched on Fight TV right now. And uh, I have him back on the show to talk about a new venture that he's entering in in the world of video games as well as a new show that he has with the blue meanie legendary ecw wrestler so josh welcome back to the show my man hey man thank you for having me uh yeah full disclosure to everybody listening or watching this uh this really is like we don't hide nothing here <laughs> this is like the fifth or sixth time we've tried to do this. Um, all kinds of internet issues. If we have internet issues now today, I'm going to lose my mind. I am hardwired in. I've got this weird makeshift uh, set behind me because my my uh, stu- I'm I'm building a studio in my basement, uh, but we haven't begun building it yet. But I'm doing tonight as we're, we're recording this on Sunday. Right. Uh, the Blue Meanie and I will be doing alternative commentary on Fight TV live. During SummerSlam, well, SummerSlam's going to go to like eleven o'clock, and I God got bless you. Thank you for your service. <laughs> I got a two-month-old who sleeps in my uh, in my office upstairs. Right. So my wife was like, "Well, I hope you're ready to go to the basement to do this." Uh, but the cool thing is, the basement's like ten degrees cooler. That's awesome. And so this is actually really nice. Um, are, you, are you giving your your studio a name down here? Is it going to be Stu's Dungeon or what are we calling this? No, God, I'm not. You know, like like uh, Actors Alley. Um, I like that. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, so perfect. I think because Bill Aptor did Actors Alley, I can't. Oh, son of a. <laughs> I can't. Did he train? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, something or another. Solarium. I don't know. Actors junk. <laughs> um, yeah, so no, but hey, I, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here. I decided to wear a tie. Um, Talk about that. You got, for those who don't know, Josh, Josh, I hate to say this, but Josh's gimmick is that he has a ton of awesome looking ties. And, and if you're a wrestler fan and, and the same. Yeah. So, I hate to say it. <laughs> And, and, and if you can compare it as like, say, like Rob Van Dam and his, you know, elaborate looking uh, singlets. So he rocks the ties so, so well. So awesome. What do you got right now? Well, so funny thing about Rob Van Dam, he actually in 1999 gave me the number to his airbrush artist. Um, and uh, yeah, let me know. Can you hear this right now? I've got, nope. I think. I my, heard nothing. 
Okay, good. I have nothing but your, I told you, your mic is fine. Awesome, because, uh, <laughs> like I said, unfinished basement, so plumbing is right over there. Right. So no, I just hear your voice. Like, you don't hear the fans behind me, so. No, no. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's like when I would do my show in front of fans, and you wouldn't hear the fans either. Right. Um, but, uh, no, We're so, talking about the actual people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... No, but Van Damme, I went with Bill after to an ECW show uh, to uh, Hardcore Heaven. Uh, I guess it was Hardcore Heaven 99. Oh, wow. And, uh, and yeah, we went to that. And um, uh, Van Damme, I told him, I said, hey, I'm starting to wrestle. I want to get some airbrush stuff like you. He's like, oh, here's my guy's number. Well, that dude was so backed up with, you know. Uh, so I found this great person who did stuff back when I was 15, started doing airbrush stuff for me. So when I got back into the business and – it was again, Bill Apter, uh, you know, Bill said to me, I went and did a, a YouTube show for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and before we did the after chat or anything. And he said to me, uh, I was wearing like a blue polo shirt Yeah. and afterwards he says to me, he's like, uh, he's like, you need a gimmick. You need something, you need something else. And he was right. And I thought about it. I was like, well, what can I wear? And I tried to wear like flashier shirts or whatever. And then I thought, you know what? I used to have like airbrushed gear. Mm -hmm. Why don't I just get an airbrushed tie? And no, I've not seen anybody in the industry that has done this. And they, at this point, I think you should trademark that if you can. You know what? The best part was there, when uh, Conrad Thompson has put over my, my tie game, as he puts it. Um, and when he referred to that, oh, and I'm sorry, I sliced my finger earlier today. Uh, when, he, when he referred Our to that, uh, <laughs> as, uh, uh, seriously, I gig myself big time. Um, but no, this called this the Chernoff S, which is what I referred to it as. But mm -hmm. once Conrad Thompson said it live on the air for uh, AEW uh, Fight and Focus mm -hmm. that we did, I was just like, well, there it is. Try Nobody else used this font. Uh, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so, so today's tie, um, uh, short story long, today's tie I, uh, is uh, it's me as He-Man, mm -hmm. where it says, so says Chernoff, and I'm holding up a microphone. Um, I got the little S there awesome. instead of the, uh, He-Man's little gimmick. And, uh, yeah. So a lot of that was just my, my kids have really gotten into He-Man Shira lately. Cause I, I showed it to them cause I don't like a lot of modern day cartoons. Yeah. I was like, Hey, what do you guys think of that? And now they're obsessed with like absolutely obsessed. And have you shown you. them the original or the oh, it's only the original, only original. You <laughs> yeah. So the problem was right off the bat, I want that toy. I want that toy. Uh -huh. And I start panicking going like, well, this came out in 83. Like I don't, you know, Did you go on eBay and scare yourself and look yeah. at the price. <laughs> so what happened was Mattel and another company called super seven. Yes. Have been making, uh, like retro, so they're either completely retro where they really look almost exactly identical yeah. to the original or there's the one now, I think it's called like retro play or something where it's, mm -hmm. it looks, it, it's like in the, in the, uh, the essence of the old ones, but yeah. they have multiple points of articulation and, uh, unlike the original He-Man toys. Oh yeah, not, it could be like this now. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas so, the other ones was just like, you just, it had that rubber band it, in the middle. Oh man, it had, it had the rubber band down, like the legs would connect. Remember that was the hottest technology that we had in the 80s? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to set the world on fire. We got rubber bands. <laughs> what do you call and it? Kung Fu dry up. <laughs> but it makes no sense, too. Here's the other thing I've got like a bin of old He Man toys, mm -hmm. and they half of them have dried up to the point where the legs fall off and the other ones you'd think are brand new. It's yeah. like, were we, were we using different types of rubber? What's, uh, you know, 
they're all in the same bin. They've been in the same place for 30 years. Like what's the, you know, so I don't know. (laughs) So let's get down to it. We got a lot to talk about. A lot has come by since the last time we first attempted to do this. And I say the wrestling gods were upon us because they wanted us to talk today. Uh, You know, but before we get into the whole wrestling kick of it, we got to talk about your latest milestone here. And let me date back to when we first started. When you, when we first started, you were Bill Apter. For those who don't know, Josh is the protege of Bill Apter, and he was the co-host of the Apter Chat uh, podcast. And uh, he got his ground from there. Bill Apter, you know, took him under his wing and taught him pretty much and led him the way. He then moved on to his own show on Fight TV called Osha Chernoff, which is still airing. And along the way, AEW came in, and for somehow, some way. The gods were upon him again because he got a chance to be a backstage interviewer for a F for a fight TV segment. Uh, what was it called AEW backstage? No. So we did uh, what I got to do with them was at first I did like hype stuff. Yeah. For, uh, right. In AEW. between the pay-per-views and such. Yeah. When AEW or even, had, even like, the TV shows. Well, it was like leading up to the pay-per-view. So I was there in Vegas for their first one yeah. um, for double or nothing. And but basically what that was, was I did some stuff. Fans were in line and I'm like, who are you excited to see? Right. I even got uh, Papa Buck, which was fun <laughs> uh, talking about the young bucks. And, yeah. um, so we, you know, we had some, uh, had some fun with that. And, uh, and then I was backstage that, that whole night, but I didn't shoot anything backstage. Then we were very much like we did some stuff in the arena beforehand, really pushing, uh, fight TV has the international rights yeah. to AEW and, right. uh, AEW's pay-per-view. So, and this is before they launched AEW plus, which basically is a, um, a fancy way to say you're getting, you're paying for everything. Yes. So you do AEW plus you've kind of encompassed all of the, you know, you're, you're set for everything that you, right. would, you would get normally. So, um, we, we, so I had done that and it was really just the pay-per-views and I went to, uh, the first all out, yeah. uh, last year and, and we, so I'm trying to think if there were other, so I think after that, um, was when we were getting closer to doing the, uh, the, when I say we, when AEW was getting close to launching dynamite on TNT, yeah. uh, and Mike Weber from fight TV contacted me about whether or not I would be interested in hosting, uh, I would have beginning was a half hour pre-show yeah. before, uh, for, for fight TV, for all the international feeds and everything. Mm-hmm. So a half hour TV show turned into, it's like, well, I think we're going to do an hour. And then when I got there, he's like, are you good to go? We're going to do, I think, two hours live. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I am. I hope I, I right. better stop drinking. <laughs> um, but, uh, stop but taking yeah, hangman's so, giving over. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, so, um, that was incredible. I had no idea who I was going to interview yeah. literally until they, they came up, uh, for the next That's person. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, credit to you because I mean, I interview you. I interview, I've interviewed over fifty people, and none of them were like, "Well, all right, maybe one or two was just like, there's no notes for this at all." Technically, when I'm with when I'm talking with you, there's barely any notes. But right. you know, it, well, we it, have a good rapport. And we just got such a good rapport, and we know the the uh, the theme of it all, so we go with the flow. Everybody else, I got to do research on. But for you, it's like you have to have nope. that. You got to have that Dave Meltzer like. Uh, mindset uh, in memory bank. So if you go to a Tony Schiavone, if you go to like, you know, somebody, you, you, could, look, yeah. Meltzer, you know, you could just follow, follow the greats and just make it up. So, you know, um, I'm, he's a walking computer. 
He's an interesting fellow, uh, but uh, no. So, but it was you know Tony Schiavone was one of the people that I interviewed, and and that was something that was um, you know I had a, I had some some notes going into it about AEW, and it was kind of uh, it's funny because people looked at it as two hours live. Yeah. I'm interviewing Dustin Rhodes. I'm interviewing the Young Bucks. I'm interview, and this is hour. This is two hours before going live on TNT mm-hmm. for the debut of Dynamite. So, you know, this is, this is a big moment. Yeah. Um, what I had in my back pocket was the fact that we were two hours before going live on Dynamite. So what are you going to talk about? That's what you're going to talk about. It was a whole lot of, you know, did you think a year ago that you'd be here? Did you think, you know, there was a lot. And then what I've always said about you, which we're going to be talking about here. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, but again, what I found, and you can probably attest to this, I'm sure, is to put together a good interview is to listen. Um, it's like a relationship, right? Absolutely. Like it's, it's, you, you want to be a good listener. Anyone can talk, but you want to be able to be a good listener. So when I ask my initial question, I'm listening to what they're saying. And then I try to just have a conversation yep. and I try to ask, and, and the beauty of it to steal a line from Conrad Thompson is I'm just a fan. I've been a lifelong wrestling fan. Yeah. So that's why we are here. Yeah, so we get to sit here and talk to people, and I'm sitting there talking to Dustin Rhodes while I'm not at a loss for what to ask him because I'm a wrestling fan. And you're so keeping I'm your composure, too, to at the same time. <laughs> right, and you're being professional, right? You, you know, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the Chris Farley. The uh, remember, remember that time? When, uh, remember that time? That was really cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I mean, it, it was a blast, and, and that – Lent, lent itself to Fight TV, then sending me to more pay-per-views and to more Dynamites. And yeah. I was down at the Bash at the Beach uh, where they came to me um, from AEW, yeah. actually came to me and said, hey, do you want to go reveal the set wow. on, on social media? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I do. And they, um, so I went up on the stage and went around and then the internet went wild with the fact that I was like, we've got sand and everyone was so excited. Uh, but that was cool too. Cause my, my cameraman for that was my brother. Cause he was down in Florida and he lives in Florida. And I said, Hey man, you want to fight TV always happy to not have to pay for someone else to go down there. So right. I was like, you do want to do it. And, and that was really cool. You know, growing up, no, I, there's no one I watched wrestling with more than my brother right. and to be able to be standing on the AEW stage in that arena with him, um, was just so cool and yeah and then i've gotten to do a lot of backstage with them that actually is funny you said that because today tomorrow i believe tomorrow i was will be a year today uh will be a year from last year uh from last year that i did my live panel my first two live panels for the weekend for a keystone comic-con and it was like the second one had like 300 people in there and it was live and I was, I had two celebrities that I was, you know, hosting with, but my family was there. Parts of the ACMG community was there. It was a huge monumental moment. So I definitely get that where everything just feels like it comes full circle. Absolutely. And it's, uh, there's no better feeling than that. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. It, it just feels like it's just worth that much more, but uh-huh. you got another milestone that we're going to talk about right now. I mean, you, you got that going on and then what, going on right now in the world of video games and world of wrestling video games, I should say, is the upcoming RetroSoft Studios game, Retromania Wrestling, which they have been revealing a lot of uh, wrestlers, indie wrestlers, really famous indie wrestlers coming out. And they recently, Mike Herman, announced on your show the newest edition, which I'm going to show the graphic on here as we're speaking. You are part of the announced team with Coke Cabana and Ian Riccoboni. 
So how did this happen? Congratulations. And talk about that. That's awesome. You made it uh, a milestone. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm blown away by it. Uh, it sounds, you know, you never, when you're, when you're doing an interview or talking to anybody for that matter, you never want to sound too like, oh, I'm so humbled because then people think you're just being condescending. And they think you're John Jones. Yeah. You, I think you're being insincere and all, but, but honestly, um, I have always been able to keep a pretty cool grasp on remembering like being a fan, being a kid and all, you know, I remember going to, uh, in the Willow Grove mall challenges, uh, which has been seen actually, if you ever watch the TV show, the Goldbergs, they go yeah. to challenges. Oh, God, I love that show. Um, <laughs> challenges is no longer there, but yeah. I spent many a quarter, uh, playing, uh, uh, the WrestleFest video yeah. game, uh, and superstars before that. But, mm-hmm. you know, but having WrestleFest, so when I found out that, that we were going to be that, uh, you know, us fans are getting this sequel, this official sequel mm-hmm. to WrestleFest. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I found which, out. By the way, Mike Herman announced that first on my show, which yeah? was awesome. Yeah. The first time he's been on my show, he announced that was like, the, I was the first person that was, uh, that got that news. And I was like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Man. Um, no, and, and I actually found out about it at Starcast too, uh, and in the blue meanie yeah. and he's wearing the shirt and, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, what is this all about? And he told me what it was all about. And um, and I just I was blown away. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And um, I, I you know, took a little flyer from it. Mm. If you would have told me, a year, I don't even remember when the hell that was, <laughs> but if you would have told me a year later or whatever, I'd be doing a show with the Blue Meanie uh, and, be, and that I'd be in this game, I, I would have thought you're crazy. Um, so what really happened was, I had met uh, Mike Herman at um, at a show, and I I met him at a show where I was doing commentary, and then I also met him. Um, I think I met him either he saw me or I met him. I don't really remember, but uh, at the ECW Arena, Ring of Honor was there, and it was when Bill After and I were presenting Colt and Ian with. Uh, yes. With so, I guess I was on his radar as as a a personality in wrestling. Um, Although, you know, I've always found that kind of funny. Like, I don't consider myself a personality in wrestling, but I guess, right. you know, technically you're doing enough things. That's how people are going to see you. So right. um, he he and I had talked a little bit saying, what can we do together? You know, and I'm telling him, oh, I have my show on Fight TV. I'd love to, you know, if maybe you want to sponsor the show. We can do something, try to figure out something, do something fun and creative together right. with it. Um, and... You know, I, I was I was looking at one point he had that he he's always tweeting stuff out or the people at Retrosoft are always tweeting stuff out uh, about the old games yeah. and wrestling history, which is so cool. Anyway, so definitely go follow them on social media because absolutely it's just it's just cool to follow. And, and, uh, let me break away from you real quick. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out for anybody who is a wrestling fan and a gamer and a wrestling game fan. If you really want to know more about this game, head over to Retrosoft Studios at RetroSoft Studios on Instagram and on Facebook and on their YouTube channel as well for any information that they have on this game. Because if I hear somebody ask me when the release date is one more time for a company that I don't run. Volition's going to be in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that too. God. Yeah. So, so um, what happened was, you know, he, we're talking about it a little bit and then I saw he posted this thing of uh, Mean Gene a drawing of Mean Gene and uh, the Legion of Doom from WrestleFest. And yeah. it was, remember these little cutscenes back in the day? And mm-hmm. it was, you know, where Mean Gene would be interviewing them. So I said to them, I said, hey, you know, I don't know if you want to or not. And, 
yeah, you're, the people buying the game will just think it's a generic guy interviewing, you know, people as, yeah. but maybe if we give me like a retro soft tie or something and we make that look like me, yeah. I was like, let's make it look like me. And then on my show, I can put over that. I've like snuck into the game, you know, that I'm kind of in there. And it was kind of met with like a, Oh, you'd be interested in being a part of this game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a wrestling video game. Of course I'd be interested in being Not a only a wrestling video game from which you told me the wrestling video game that you've always cherished and played more yeah. than any of the games that ever come out. So. Absolutely. And so, um, so Mike was just like, he said, give me like a week. I want to think about how we can best utilize you. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, you know? And he came back and he said, would you be interested in being our official ring announcer? And the funny thing about it, I mean, you know, obviously right off the bat, yes, you know, <laughs> that was my answer. But the funny thing about it is I've, I was a professional wrestler for nine years. Mm-hmm. I have managed people at ringside. I have done the interview, you know, I've done backstage interviews. I've done commentating. I've done color commentating. I've done play by play. done all of these different things. I've done editing backstage of, you know, on the fly of, of wrestling events. You know, yeah. I've done all of these different things. The one thing I'd never done is being a ring announcer. Right. So it kind of caught me with like this, <laughs> you know, I always pride myself of like, well, I've done everything in the, in the wrestling business, you know, not, not on a high level, mind you, right. but I've done everything in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, look, I looked at it and I just said, you know, my first thought was, oh man, I don't know. And then what I thought was, well, this is a challenge. I'm going to go find that ring announcer voice <laughs> and, uh, and have some fun with it. And um, so, yeah, I recorded some stuff and I, I waited kind of, you know, with, with bated breath, hoping that, uh, you know, he wasn't going to come back and go, listen, I appreciate this, but <laughs> you're not good. Um, so, but he, he really loved it. He told me I knocked it out of the park. I was like, I think you're lying, but thank you. And, uh, and then since then, you know, I've recorded more and more. And um, I, I would say at this point, I'm probably like 75% yeah. finished um, the voiceover. So um, it's just been, a, it's been an amazing uh, experience to be able to announce people like the road warriors to the ring. And uh, you know, it, it's just, it's so cool. And it's just something that was never on my radar yeah. of something in my life that I was ever going to do. Obviously when I wanted to be a professional wrestler, you think about action figures and you think about video games. And then when you move on from being a wrestler and I had a decade of doing nothing in the business and you know, that's long gone. That's that being in your mind. And, and, uh, so it's just so cool. I'm so excited to be a part of it and be a part of something that's so exciting to everybody else. And the fact that you're like really, I don't know if you put it to, you know, point, but you're, you're immortalized in this game now. Yeah, and it's, that can't be, you can't you can't same. take it back unless unless they pull a Mike Tyson on you and switch you with a Mr. or Mr. Dream <laughs> later on because you did they so. Can, they can always figure out a way to get rid of you, but um, but no, I you know I look at it and it's funny you have so many people who have given their the rights to their likeness mm-hmm. right to be in the game, but you don't hear their voices at all, yeah. right? And so you have myself and Ian and Colt. And maybe a few, you know, I don't know entirely. There might be other people cutting promos or something like that. But one of the really neat things for, for, you know, but, you know, and and I always go with like Colt, like he's been around forever. Like he's, he's just happy to, to be there. I feel like, but for a guy like, you know, Ian, who, uh, incredibly successful with Ring of Honor, one of the absolute best out there and an awesome guy at that. But to be able to look at that and, 
and know that he and myself, you know, and Colt, like that we are, as you said, immortalized in that, that you never know what kid is going to 20 years from now go, dude, you remember that Retromania game? Like, oh, that was such a blast. Hey, let's pop it in and just see or pop it in by, you know, it's, there's no, it's not going to pop it but uh, it shows how old I am. But, right. You know, but the, Wait, blow it first before you. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get my uh, my game genie and figure out how to win this thing. Um, but you know that that to me is something really cool, and more than just you know random kids doing that is something that's really fun for me. You know, I have my own kids, and to be able to kind of show them this stuff that years later, you know, they'll be able to look at um, is really fun for me and you know i don't know if they'll care or not (laughs) no i think they will because that i guarantee you there's still a bit of a kid in me even though i'm like 40 something (laughs) there's still a kid in me that always knows how a kid reacts to some extent so i know that conversation of well my dad was in a video game (laughs) yeah it's gonna come up it's it's also you never really understand nowadays what i found is like everybody is on youtube or doing something or kids see instantly you know you take home videos with your phone and then they watch it on the phone and that's the same place where they watch something else. And so they don't really get it the same way. And, and any of the times that like, you know, I'll be off doing like AEW stuff or whatever it is. And my wife is like saying, I'm like, do you want to see daddy's on TV? Do you want to see that? Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay. And there's just this like a, like, like, okay, everybody's on TV. Right. Right. Like it's just, we're all on TV now. So, (laughs) um, but for me, I still find it really, uh, really cool. And I think they'll, they'll think it's neat. Um, they did think it was cool seeing the little 16 bit Sprite of me. And then have you seen the, uh, um, the, what is it? The, uh, uh, the caricature. Yeah. That's what that's the graphic that I put up right now with you, uh, with you and the the whole entire announce team. Yes. So, uh, with your big head itself. (laughs) So that's my kids. And they were just like, they, they, you know, my son's three and a half, my daughter's five and a half. And like, she, he, he's looking at, he's like, what? Like, what is it? She's just like, you know, I look so funny. I'm like, yeah, cause they don't know what a caricature is. So right. You know, and I'm but like, at the same that, time, that, when, that, I, when I first saw that, when you showed me that the first time and I watched it, I'm like, you're perfect for this game. Like you, <laughs> his, his, the artist art style of what he done for everybody, your, everything, your eyebrows, everything just fits right in. Uh, to the frame. And my eyebrows, they make they make their own room. They get <laughs> they get in there. They fit in no matter what. Um, <laughs> they, they doing business for themselves. <laughs> yeah, my Eugene Levy like caterpillars that I have above my eyes. That you know, it's funny when I was a kid, my eyebrows were gigantic, and then I like reached like my teenage years, and it was like I grew into them, mm-hmm. and I was like normal. And then I got older, and now my eyebrows, I feel like are just taking over again. So, I mean, but look, this is. This is what it is. Like, this isn't even a beard. This is just more eyebrow. I was about to say, you know what I want? You know what I want as a DLC? I want them to have you as a heel ring announcer, but with the uh, Rick Rude beard that you got on right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I want them to do? I want I, I want to be like a hidden character. That would be fun. I'll wrestle. Like, I want them. But I don't want to be in my, my you know, uh, there's that kid in me that's like, oh, put me in my old gear. Like, mm. nobody cares about that. I want to be in my suit. If they I want could. To put me in there and just beat me up. Here's the scenario. Know? Here's the scenario. It's like the last match of the uh, 10 pounds of gold. Yeah. It's, it's it's not, um, 
Aldous, it's you. You're yeah. bouncing him to the ring, and all of a sudden, you just hit him with his hair and just burst out yep. into ring gear. And <laughs> just go at it. My ring gear is just going to be short trunks and still wearing my tie. <laughs> exactly. uh, but yeah, I, I, awesome. uh, nobody needs to see that. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm just so excited to be a part of this game. It, yeah. it's, it really is like mind-blowing to look at this and, and, and – you know, and realize that I'm legitimately a part of a wrestling game. Yeah. It, it's, you know, like I said with the kids, like there's so many things now, so many apps that you can do, mm-hmm. these incredible things. You put your face on everyone and their grandmothers putting their face on somebody now, you know, and like doing all that. And it's this incredible stuff. Yeah. But there's something about having someone else want you and uh-huh. then put you in their in their game, you know, right. and, uh, it's, it's exciting and it's, it's flattering and humbling and, yeah. uh, but more than anything, it is just exciting. It's, <laughs> it's fun. So, I mean, the, the thing that I love about this game, two things, well, three things. One, I played the demo a while back, uh, at a house of hardcore show when I first met, uh, Mike in person. And even in that stage, it was very fun and playable. Uh, even in, in even co-op. So I was like, this is already have a balanced feel to it. It wasn't perfect, but it already had this balanced feel. Like it's going to get better as time goes by. So like, yeah, I don't mind him taking the time that he needs to because it's a right. retro game. I mean, retro games aren't known for being perfect all the time, but it always has some way of being fun. And there are some really fun games that have come out. And I feel like this is going to take us back. The other thing I like is that there's some form of six degrees of separation with this game, aside from just you being a part of the game, me knowing Mike, uh, you know, now, and the fact that Mega Ran is even doing the music for the yeah. game, who does the theme music to this show. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I know him, I, like, I'm really, I'm really good friends with him. So mm-hmm. I love this tie-in that I have. So there's a significant, you know. Yeah, you're emotionally invested in it. Yeah, it really is. And I really enjoy it because I, and I, this is for a lot of games that I've played lately because now I, I play a lot of games and I'm like, that guy's been on my show. I've interviewed him. That's awesome. I've had this person over here. I, you know, I can't like it lately for the last six years. It's been nothing but me watching things or playing things that involve people that I had the pleasure and honor of interviewing and learning more about. And it's just an awesome feeling that I have having you here as well to be able to uh, talk about your experiences and what you're feeling right now about. It's just an awesome thing. And I, I, this I'm so I'm so looking forward to him. So I I under I understand as a as a person with a computer science degree and a wrestling fan and a fan in general understand the lengths that he is going to because he's not only working all their asses off in that company, but he's brutally honest about the process of it. If you watch the YouTube clips of mm-hmm. his process, he does not hide from any. I, I look at him like. Wow, you really are showing every bit of like yeah. humility of the process. You're not hiding the fact that you guys are working on some things. You are working on some things. Some things aren't there yet, but you know, just going through that road. I, I've never, I've interviewed a lot of game developers and indie game developers on the show. None of them has been this brutally honest about the product, right. and I think that is a testament of how hardcore the fan base is of wrestlers and gamers. And credit to him. For, for being able to do what he did. And I, I'm so looking forward to not only this game coming out, me playing it, and uh, more more than anything, people shutting the hell up <laughs> about, you know, the, the oh, process. Dude, the second it comes out, 
Uh, when's there going to be another uh, DLC? When's there going to be, you know? You just get, you just, I, 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 and I got a question for you too down, uh, later on for this because this is good. It's an interesting question, fan base question, uh, wrestling fan question as well. But um, no, it's just awesome. And, you know, I'm really glad that you're going to be a part of it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a really, really fun title. Uh, along with that, you have a new show on Fight TV with uh, ECW legendary wrestler Blue Meanie. Can you talk about how that came about and when that started? So I have my weekly podcast with the Blue Meanie called Mind of the Meanie. Which you're uh, having one tonight. Yes. Well, Mind of the, well, so Mind of the Meanie is, uh, airs, it drops every Monday at 6 a.m. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wherever you find your podcast. We're on the MLW radio network, oh, nice. uh, which is awesome um, to be able to be associated with, like, Court Bauer. Court Bauer, pretty much. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it – it, that was again. You talk about like these like humbling experiences where we've been we had done like a handful of shows and yeah. for Court to express interest and and to actually talk to us himself was was really awesome. Yeah. Um, and I hope I mean I love MLW. I've, I've loved going to their shows. Yeah. Um, they've been super kind to I me. I am super glad that they actually are back and they have we have another yeah. option. And I, I loved I watched MLW back then when they were around before during right. like, the, ext- the Extreme Four Horsemen era. And I loved I love Steve Carino and all of them back then, and I love the way he did it back then, and I love the upgrade version now. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's uh, you know MLW is just a it, to me it's a decent promotion. Yeah, it's it's just it's solid, definitely solid. Solid, right? It's just a solid promotion. Um, I never look at them and go, oh, this seems too small. This seems too big. I don't this compare them too- to anybody because they're just no, not, they're not trying to compete with anybody. Sucks. And I get it. Exactly. They're just trying exactly. to be what they are. This is their, their own underground deal and their fill. And I'm, exactly. I respect, I, I respectfully love what they're doing with that. Yep. So, um, speaking of, of, you know, uh, MLW and, you know, we're on the MLW radio network. And, uh, so then Meanie and I have, uh, we have our weekly podcast, um, and that kind of blew up and took off faster than we ever anticipated. Um, and I always say, you know, I am riding Meanie's coattails as far as I can. (laughs) Um, you know, blue Meanie went from being a guy that I always really enjoyed watching, uh, as a fan to a guy I really enjoyed getting to interview at conventions to a guy that I consider a very good personal friend of mine now. So that's, that for me has been one of the coolest experiences all across the board. But the, the other side of it is, you know, me and I, we have this really good rapport where we just, you know, busting each other's chops and we're, you know, we're having fun. We're just having a really good time. And we very rarely talk about modern wrestling, like what's going on today. Yeah. But I'm talking to Fight TV, and this is how Alternative Commentary came to be. Alternative Commentary, uh, which is happening tonight uh, as we record this for SummerSlam, is the first one. It's going to be live on Fight TV. It's going to be myself and the Meanie, and we are going to be and, – and it's, you know, whenever – I don't know when this is going to air, but um, you can go back. It will be there on demand for free yeah, on yeah. Fight TV. So I'm not – I'm just selling you uh, free entertainment. I'm not telling <laughs> you to, you know, pay us anything, but um, – Really, what we're going to be doing is it's a watch along. It's a watch along to uh, to SummerSlam, and we're going to be talking about that. Um, and we're we're gonna we don't know what we're going to be saying because we don't know what WWE is providing. You know, it's not like we could say, "Oh, we're going to watch SummerSlam '92." Yeah. And yeah, I may not have seen that in a long time, but I remember 
you know, Brett and the Bulldog. And I, you know, I, I remember these things. Right. So it's not, you know, we're more, we'd more be discussing it. Now you're going to kind of get to, I, I look at it as like, you get to wa- imagine you walk into a bar and there's the blue meanie sitting over, you go to the bar to watch SummerSlam wow. and there's the blue meanie sitting over there. And he waves you over and says, Hey, come sit next to me. And you get to basically hear him and talk to him because there's going to be a live chat going on at the right. time. So that's going to be really, um, really exciting to be able to, to do, uh, so the way it came about was um, I had been doing every single AEW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd gone – I had never missed an AEW pay-per-view until uh, uh, Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I went for AEW. I, I went into my backyard. I went into my basement. I did all these fun mm-hmm. things. Like I'm like all – doing exactly what I would normally do in the arena. And we mm-hmm. did that as like a, a, a you know pre-show to AEW. Yeah. So I was talking yeah. to Mike Weber. I'm like – He's like, yeah, that was really funny. I was like, yeah, I, was like, I, I mean, I can do it again for All Out, but it feels, you know, kind of like it's been done, right? Yeah. Like we, we did this already, so um, we want something new. And, you know, we were talking about what could we do for All Out, and that kind of led into the idea of, well, you know, we've got SummerSlam coming up. And right. he's like, yeah, you know, I'd love to just put you on there talking about it for, you know, four hours, but – yeah, he's like, but I don't think anybody wants to wants to watch you sitting there in front of a camera. Hey, I don't, I don't like, think it's a matter of you. I think it's the purpose. <laughs> so. I was just like, I, yeah, I'm like, no, no, it's me. Definitely. Nobody would want to watch. What would it be? It'd be like 15 minutes in. I'm I'd sorry. If I got a gun to my head. I'd rather listen to you talk about it than watch the actual. <laughs> yeah, right. But, so I'm like, you know what? I, uh, I, I said to him, I was like, yeah, he's like, you know, it could be great if we could have you and anybody and someone else. I said, well, I've got Meanie. We do the podcast. And he was like, did you, he's like, do you think Meanie would want to do this? And that was like kind of his, his thought was me. Well, yeah, it'd be great if you did this with Meanie, but I don't know. Does Meanie, is Meanie up for this? Does he right. feel like doing this show and doing this long thing? I was like, dude, Meanie's up for anything. And then I was like, <laughs> hey, Meanie, you up for this? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you, but camera, yeah, so, TV, you promote. <laughs> yeah. So we went back and forth and, and, uh, and very quickly just, you know, agreed to do this. And Meanie was totally on board because he loves doing this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful to that again, riding his coattails because without the blue Meanie, we wouldn't be doing the alternative commentary because no one's right. sitting and watching me do that the whole time. But Meanie and myself together are, we're a really good rapport. We're, yeah. we're, uh, I think we're going to be a lot of fun to watch and, or listen to, you know, I always tell people, put your headphones in and, you know, cue us up on your phone while you're watching, uh, SummerSlam. You, know, you don't have to watch us, you know, but I mean, we are there physically, you'll see us, but you don't have to, if you don't want to, but so, yeah, so that's really how it came to be was, um, and then, and then, you know, so now mind of the meanie presents alternative commentary. So it's kind of like a spinoff of our podcast, which yeah. has really been a lot of fun. Cause we've been able to now, you know, we have our Patreon, which I'll plug patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Right. And, uh, which we're having so much fun over there. And it's kind of like, so we're like expanding out. We have Blue Meanie's wife, Mrs. Meanie, does the Mrs. Meanie run in on our, on our YouTube channel where she just does, she's an amazing artist and just does all these really cool vests and things, uh, wrestling related. So you can go on and you can, you can check that out. So we're trying to really expand out. And then one of the things that we did, um, kind of getting off topic of the show, we'll jump back to that, but, Mm -hmm. but that was, uh, one of the things we did was the cartoon Mm -hmm. and the mind of the Meanie cartoon. And that kind of went viral and uh, people really enjoyed that. So we're trying to just branch out and be more than just two people talking. Right. And, you know, and, and part of that is the fact that we're going to be doing this live watch along. Right. 
I feel like this is wrestling's answer to Kevin Smith's uh, Smodcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like I always say, like this is going to be, it's going to be like Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's a great way of putting yeah. it. That's a perfect, perfect way of putting it. But it's going to be that meets two guys trying desperately not to say something that's going to get them blackballed from wrestling. So, right. you know, uh, <laughs> that's basically what we're doing. God bless. Good luck. Well, on that note, I mean, let's get down to the wrestling news and wrestling whereabouts. Yeah. I, I, we haven't talked. Last time we talked was pre-COVID. Seltzer, if you don't mind. That's something we do on the show, too. Have a ball. <laughs> Is that bubble? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> no, um, we had uh, haven't talked since pre-corona, which was crazy. Yeah. Like, just, I feel like this is the planet of the apes. <laughs> there was old civilization when we last talked. We had a lot of aspirations and, and expectations for 2020. Yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> You're in an underground uh, t- bomb shed. So it's a lot has happened, and there, the new structure of you know producing wrestling shows have occurred, and all this type of thing. And I, I want to know your thoughts on the process of what AEW has done, as opposed to what um, you know WWE has been doing. Have you been? Which one have you been, you know, I want to know your critique, if you will. So I, you know, I watch everything because um, I have to, you know. Uh, um, <laughs> Thank you for your services. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm a, you know, you and I have talked before, you know, we're both kind of in the same boat, diehard AEW people. Yeah. Um, a lot I of love- changes last time we spoke to on, yeah. on a new. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, you know, I love AEW. Uh, I'm biased by it because of the opportunities that I've had to be around that locker room and around the uh, people who who created. I always want to when I say things like that, I, that can always be taken as uh, you know my my great interactions with Tony Khan as we sit back and he and Cody and the Bucks and myself all discuss. You know, no, that's not what's happening. You're, uh, you're what, not the fly in the wall. <laughs> but what I will say is all of those guys, Cody, the Bucks, Tony Khan himself, um, have all, every single time I've been there, gone out of their way to say hello yeah. um, and and make me feel extra comfortable being there and, and make me feel like uh, less of a le- uh, an outsider than I deserve yeah. to feel like when I'm there, yeah. um, which has allowed me to form this false sense of, uh, of community. <laughs> like I'm, you know, like I'm a part of it, but, um, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a really big, uh, fan of what they're doing. And, um, I'm a really big fan of how hard they try to be unique and be different and think outside the box. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. On the other side of the fence is WWE. And in some regards, I remember them. Yeah. So in some regards, I think we are WW, we are predisposed to be it by the internet, be it by ourselves, be it by the WWE's track record at times. Mm-hmm. We are predisposed to thinking everything and anything WWE does is going to end up being terrible. Yeah. And I truly believe that. And I truly believe that we're predisposed to that. Mm-hmm. And I think they announced Thunderdome and instantly you're like, Thunderdome. Okay, whatever. You know, like that's, that was my first thought was like, 
what? Like, okay, WWE, we're going to do Thunderdome. And it's like, all right, whatever. But if you sit back and objectively look at it, they are taking, they're, they're taking lemons and making lemonade, right? Like they're, they're taking this weird, awkward situation that we're in, in this pandemic. And they have now created this, this enormous, this, this crazy atmosphere that's going to allow SummerSlam tonight to be, to just at least feel better and different right. than it has before. Which, by the way, this is not an original. I, mean, I, I, I I'm telling you now, the differences between the last time that we spoke and you've been on the show, I have been both advocates of NXT and AEW. Mm. As of right now, I have been, I have opted out of NXT because, I mean, one, the COVID effect, two, is just so many changes within what I'm used to on there. So I have the ability and the liberty to opt out in there. And it's not like I won't go back if, in some cases. It's just sure. it's too, it's too much going on from, I hate to say it from a political standpoint, from a uh, ethical standpoint in mm-hmm. some cases. You know, it doesn't get talked about enough. But, you know, there's some things it's like I, if you look yeah. back, and this is way before the Dark Side of the Ring <laughs> series came in, but I, it was just too, I was like, how can I back this? And with everything going on, with all the connections, with everything happening, yeah. I, I just, I just couldn't. But I, um, I digress from that. It, it just, I haven't watched that entirely. But I will say that I was intrigued and interested in checking out this new format. I, so, right. I, I was impressed with it. I think it was a good effort on them. I liked it, but it's not original. As I watched the NBA and figured out they were doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. No, not it, it isn't original. Uh, also, Blue Meanie pitched this back in, like, March uh, to AEW. <laughs> Just have a whole bunch of – yeah. yeah. It's like, why don't you do that and have it a Zoom thing and people can reserve spots? But here's my, my take on that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that drew me in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that made me. I definitely tuned into SmackDown to see what was this thing going to look like. Well, we'll be I, for a hot second, just a hot second to see the format. Just of for a hot second, I will tell you this much: the just from just visually speaking, mm-hmm. the depth of the large arena mm-hmm. versus the performance center greatly yeah. increases the enjoyment of the product. Um, you don't feel like you're right. If it it it, it feels bigger. Um, so there's that, but I think at the same time, like, unfortunately it's, you talk about like bad PR, like that's WWE have just, they, they, they can't seem to get out from, you know, behind themselves. And I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, you watch dark side of the ring or you watch these things and you start to go like, okay, am I, am I really rooting for these people? Am I rooting for this company? And then what you have to look at is, you know, it depends. Sometimes you have to look at it as a fan and just say, I'm a fan of this product. I, I just, I want to believe everybody's doing the best that they possibly can, but man, there's no, unless, unless every, unless every, I bit of, keep a straight face with that one. <laughs> dude, unless every bit of, of food you get is locally sourced or, you know, every, any like, you know, independent films or whatever, like everything out there, there's like a massive billionaire behind it who cares about nothing but making money. It is true. Right. I mean, that's so part of why to, we're trying to change right now. Yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah. And that is something, you know, hopefully that culture will change. Um, it has to, but, <laughs> but at the same time you look at it and I've always kind of said, you know, we can all 
sit there and talk about how certain things need to change. But if the WWE has this great deal with Fox and Fox comes in and says, I want this, this, and that. Is the WWE going to sit there and go, yeah, but I think our fans would prefer. And, you know, and then Fox goes, yeah, but we would prefer. And we're the ones giving you billions of dollars. Like he goes where the money goes. And, it, that, and that, that's a deal. Definite. It's a late, you know, it's, it, it's a deal. So I always try to believe everything's more complex than we think it is. Hell yeah. You I know, agree. and the internet wrestling community can be exhausting at times. Yes. Um, they think they know everything, and, and we all kind of think we know everything at times. We talk about things. We have no idea. Um, and that's I, part I, tend, of the I tend to make sure I say that every so often that, yeah. you know, there's only so much. We're, we're talking right now as – well, at least I can say for myself. You got way more inside knowledge and education than I do on this, on this matter. I am talking clearly as a fan with some form of education but not nearly enough. That I know what a bump feels to. I understand what the ideology goes on in the back. But we only hear what goes on within sources of it. Right. And and the thing is, you don't know what's true, what's not true. And it doesn't matter, you know, how many bumps you've taken. You don't know what the conversation was back in in Vince McMahon's office with Bruce Pritchard talking about something. Right. Like you can't. We don't know. We don't know what it is, and we know enough to know that the internet makes up a lot of things. But uh, also, to some extent, if you, like I said, if you go back, if you thoroughly really do look back at certain aspects of time and see how the patterns and follow the patterns, and if the patterns still matching up, you kind of got to use critical thinking in some cases of like, all right, this is starting to leaning towards something a little bit unethical that maybe okay. I want to step back. So here's the look. I mean – we, we don't have enough time on this show to talk about unethical practices of, uh, of the WWE's or past. Or corporate in general for that matter. Yeah, but look, it, you know, it, it, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing to, to judge necessarily uh, without being in this situation. When you judge the, the athletes that are there and you say, oh, what, you know, oh, man, how come they can't just uh, put their foot down and say, well, I'm not doing whatever. It's like, listen, they got families to take care of. They've got, you know um, – there are a lot of, as Vince McMahon likes to say, shades of gray, you know, and uh, but at the same time, I think we are getting to a point where you can't ignore certain things. Um, and I think that that's good because I like to see good people rise to the top. And right. oftentimes that isn't what happens. But right. but getting back to just, you know, the, the product in general and, and the enjoyment of it, mm-hmm. um, I like AEW more. I don't think I think Raw and SmackDown are. Um, incredibly sterile looking. I, I don't think there's any sense of urgency. I don't think, you know, and, and I think that the current storyline of retribution, if anything, has sh- shines a light on just how uh, sterile they are. Yeah, it's not believable. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like anyone's in any form of of, of peril or like, oh no, they're being invaded. Right. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, we know the score. Right. Mm-hmm. We know this day and age that that's not happening, but maybe that's just us. Some fans could buy into it. But number two, this is just my advice that I would throw out to WWE if they would have asked me. Right. And they're, they're not going to. But if they would have asked me, this would have been my advice. During a worldwide pandemic. Where you're telling every single person that they can't come in or out of the arena without being tested. Right. Uh, without, you know, Knowing who's there, uh, the the important personnel only, you know, now is not the time to run a invasion angle. 
<laughs> I you, never thought about that. <laughs> because here's the thing. If you have an audience there, right, then it makes sense. You've got these people show up with their tickets. Right. They, they show up. They've got their, ma- you know, their, their uh, black clothes under something else. Their right. mask is in their pocket. How's anyone supposed to know? They're walking in like a bunch of fans. They buy a ticket. Right. Hey, guys, right. meet, meet on the second floor bathroom by uh, section 102, or 202, right? right? So, and then they all change, and then they run out through the crowd, and then they do their stuff. Mm-hmm. Still, we know, but from a storytelling standpoint, you can look at it and say, okay, it is very believable these people keep getting in here and security is not, you know, they're taking it out, taking care of them. And what happens as soon as they run and they outrun everybody, the masks are off, the clothes are off, they got something else underneath. How are we supposed to find these people? They've mixed into the crowd. Right. They've mixed into the audience. There's a way to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Not on a closed set. Right. <laughs> because who we know that this is, this is crap. You can't, <laughs> you know, you can't this, blend in with LED boards. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, how'd they get in? Oh, well, uh, it's a mystery. I don't know how these people. And then there's the other question. It's like, well, are they not getting tested? Because now we, you want to talk about a couple of heels. Mm-hmm. That, that's the real story is, are these people. Who needs a chair or a spike are, or anything? Are these people, are these people <laughs> invading Without being tested, what the retribution is bringing COVID-19 to the WWE. Like, this is, you know, that's the real story behind this. Back and in my day, just, we had the claw. Today, yeah. we got the cough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, yeah, and, and it is ridiculous. That's my feeling. It's, it's a stupid storyline for this time because, to me, all it does is accentuate the fact that we are in this time. It reminds you that we're in this time because you look at that and you – you want to suspend disbelief mm-hmm. just like you do when, you know, I love the TV show Breaking Bad, right? Oh, yeah. Great show. Phenomenal. <laughs> I am well aware that Walter White was the father from Malcolm in the Middle. I, I, <laughs> right. get I understand. He voiced over a monster in Power in Rangers. Power Rangers. <laughs> I, I get this. Pro wrestling, I understand what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. I want to be entertained. Right. And the difference between what the WWE is doing and the different as opposed to something like a Breaking Bad yeah. is Breaking Bad. It was a well thought out process, which I'm sure there are people online. You can go and find a little slip up here or there, you know, on every single television show. You know, it's ever. Funny, I haven't heard anything anybody talk about Breaking Bad slip ups. No, I mean, but the thing is, you look at it and there's so there are so many layers, so much. It's so intricate. Man, I'm not saying in. WWE needs to be that, but what I'm saying is why not strive for that? Yeah. When you when you go out and you tell your shareholders that your competition isn't just the NFL or mixed martial arts or any of that, but your competition is, you know, whatever uh, show happens to be on, you know, Friday nights at that time in prime time. And that's you know, you can't have it both ways. And WWE likes to have it both ways, I think. But, you know. Let me ask you this. Because this is another conversation that the internet, uh, uh, you could be annoyed by. And that's their pseudo knowledge of ratings. And this 50 plus demo that everybody talks about all the time on Twitter or whatever like that. What is your take on why do you think that this 50 plus demo hangs on to Raw, SmackDown, and even NXT in this case? What, what is the lore? The, you're saying the age? Why does the age go, or why are people talking about why it? Are pe- why are why is the fifty plus demo so 
gun ho and, and clinging uh, or advocates to watching Raw, SmackDown, or NXT, despite the the flaws. As opposed to like the the uh, eighteen to thirty what? to forty five or something like that that are clinging or that don't tolerate it and go for AEW a little bit more. Right. So se. one of the things is like. Uh, so I always think when we talk about this, I think about uh, Meanie and how like. You know, I'll send him numbers of like how our show did mm-hmm. that week, and I'll be like, "Hey, you know, we were up whatever percent from you know the follow the previous week, and yeah. blah blah blah." And he'll always like right back to me and be like, "But what were the demos?" And it's like <laughs> and, as a joke, completely as a joke, because and I'm not saying that demos aren't important; they certainly are, and it gives you an idea of who your audience is and who you're catering to. But at the same time, like you know, for what we're doing, I don't care what you're. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're if you're male or female or what country you're from, whatever. I, I care if you enjoyed the show, right. right? Like that's, and I understand that that's simplifying, and it's very different when you're talking about getting advertisers for a certain, you know. And we have dealt with that, having you know, Manscaped and and, uh, and things like that, like uh, 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 Blue Chew. You know, Blue Chew. Right, I remember that. Isn't, there's an audience to that yeah. Blue Chew. If you go, oh yeah, you know, we mostly have like uh, you know, 13 year old girls. Blue Chew's gonna be like, yeah, I'm not sponsoring that um so you know so so demos are important in that regard here's what i think in my humble opinion here's what i think uh why there's a an obsession from the wrestling uh the internet wrestling community about demos and then why you have certain people in certain demos i think the demos are skewed um for the 50 plus people because I think what you're seeing there are you're actually seeing the people who are watching with their children. Mm. That's my opinion. I don't entirely understand how the demographics work, but to my knowledge, it's based off of uh, a reading of a specific television in, in the house or something like that, right? Right. The Nielsen ratings. And again, I could be telling tales out of school and, and talking out my ass here. I have no idea. It is it is almost like Pandora's box. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. So, But from what I look at is, is you're either talking about people who are, A, lifelong WWE fans. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. B, they're in the, they're that 50-plus thing. They're not the people who are, who are watching being the elite. Yeah. You know, they're not the people who, who were uh, – going crazy over the indie crowds, right. you know, they're not on the internet doing all this. It's just not happening. They're, they're older. They're, they're a different, they're, they like a different thing. And they also have younger children that are watching. And I don't believe that there is any way that a Nielsen rating can say, Oh, the television was being watched by a kid at this right. age. No, they're looking at it saying this television is linked to the, the cable account of this person who's 52 years old. That so, is interesting. With a, with a 13 year old kid. Yeah. So that's where I, I that's, that's not to say that that's not to say that they don't have a bunch of single, you know, male demographic that is still hardcore. Oh, absolutely. Up. But you make a, a very, really interesting point about that. I never thought about that. Yeah. I mean, that's just my, I don't know that I've ever even said this out loud or thought about <laughs> so that's my gut feeling on it is, you know, if if everybody that you're seeing in that 50, you know, you could say 50% of that 50-year-old or that 48-year-old plus whatever is a bunch of 13-year-olds watching. 
and their parents have, don't care at all about yeah. it, but their kids are fans. So, you know, it, that's a different thing. The audience for AEW, they are younger. Uh-huh. They, they came to this because they are that, they are that audience that was watching being the elite. They are that audience that was going to indie shows mm-hmm. on the weekends. Um, it's, you know, I've seen what that audience is from being at StarCast conventions, yeah. you know, and being at AEW, I see what that audience is. It's a very different audience than what you're seeing at a WWE show. Right. Um, there's crossover, of course, yeah. but as a whole, it's, it's, it's different. Um, I think that that's why, why you, I think that that's why it looks like people who are much older are, are pushing for WWE. Okay. I also think. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just. I also think that it it doesn't. I also think it doesn't really matter. I don't think the ratings, the ratings matter exactly in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch AEW and I watch NXT. Mm-hmm. I don't watch either of them live, right. uh, with the exception of of you know certain times. I've got you know. I got to put my kids to bed. I've got to, right. you know, my wife and I are going to you know, watch a show together or whatever it is. And then I'll watch right. one of them because I'm not going to watch them at the same time. So I'll watch one of them. Personally, I always start with AEW because I enjoy the product more. Um, Raw, SmackDown, same thing. And sometimes I'll watch first, you know, half hour of Raw. I'll go to sleep and then I'll uh, watch the next, the next day <laughs> at some clock point. In, clock out. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's, you know, so I think, you know, the ratings aren't factoring in those people. They're not factoring in the people who are DVRing it. And I think it's insane to not. And I know they do have their like plus three and plus seven and all, you know, and I get that. I, I understand. But then at the core of everything, I think what you're dealing with is the greatest time in wrestling history was the Attitude Era, was the Monday Night Wars. Which was a time that you didn't take a break to fall asleep and get back no. up. You were waking every minute of that segment and show. And waiting, and waiting to hear that glass shatter. <laughs> and you didn't have DVR. Exactly. What you had, what you had was a remote control. <laughs> you had the ability to record it on your VCR, yeah. which counted as watching it. Mm-hmm. So now Eric Bischoff has explained before that there weren't the amount of people that everybody always says were watching wrestling on a given Monday. Mm-hmm. He always looks at it and says, that's not true. It wasn't that large of an audience because it's not factoring in the people who are flipping back and forth yeah. are counting as watching both shows. Right. So you're doubling up the amount of people. But even if you cut that amount, the largest amount in half, you're still light years away from where they are today. I think that fans today, they want a ratings war. I don't think NXT and AEW really care all yeah. that much about it. Um, about the war, I should say. They care about it. It's obvious from if you've read Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they care about their ratings, but I don't think, you know, uh, and I think they'll, they'll, they'll placate the audience for it, but I, I, I really believe that it's the fans wanting to kind of will it into existence, yeah. right? Like, they want to, like, they want the Wednesday Night Wars. They want it's to- a form of nostalgia for a lot of people who have yeah. been, been in that time. And it's exciting. And let me, I'll tell you, this is the most exciting time in wrestling since WCW went out of business. Yeah. It is. Whether you say it's as good or, or as bad or whatever you say, yeah. it is the most interesting and exciting time since WCW went out of business in 2001. So, I mean, it's been a long, treacherous road to get here. 
And that again Since is 2001. <laughs> and again, and that's why I look at the people who say like, Oh, AEW and you know, like, Oh, I can't watch it. It's a, you know, it's a mud show and all that, whatever. Right. The reality is like, you know what? You're right. Let's get rid of AEW. Let's get rid of MLW. Let's get rid of impact. Get rid of all these things that you complain about. Let's forget the definition uh, of well, options. Yeah. The boys won't have anywhere to work. Uh, and you only have one thing to watch and it will be that the, the way that it was from, from, you know, around end of 2002 and they will when still it was Stone Cold and Bradshaw versus the NWO every single week on, <laughs> on raw, you know, and that's like, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, I don't know. It's, <laughs> shut up people. That's, that's <laughs> uh, every one of our, every one of our questions is going to end with shut up. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about. Something that just uh, occurred this week. Uh, actually, probably two things, because I just heard something recently on Wrestle Observer, I believe. But uh, I haven't finished that that uh, episode. But Renee mm-hmm. Paquette, and I can't tell you how long I've been waiting to call her that again, uh, left uh, WWE or is leaving WWE. Uh, your thoughts on that and your, your predictions on where she might go. So I got to tell you, as a, as a person who would love to be working backstage at AEW doing interviews, Mm -hmm. I'm less than excited because I feel like me or or her Uh, not not working in my favor. Um, But no, and, and, and I don't, and that a lot of people are going to say, Oh, he says that because she's married to John Moxley. That's not why I'm saying it. She's She's phenomenal. Um, She's excellent at what she does. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think if she wanted to go to AEW, AEW would be insane not to want her. Open arms. Um, I, she's, I totally believe she's excellent at what she does. She does more behind the camera, I think, than what most people would know, I think, in, in just the preparation for those interviews to make them what they are. Yeah. Um, she's very talented. Um, and she's there's a star appeal. You know, I mean, she she's... A and a fan of Bill, too, because she is a fan. I like, yeah. I, I don't think people understand Renee Paquette, not Renee Young. <laughs> Renee Paquette used to have, be, used to be on a podcast and a radio show called Aftermath in Canada. That's mm-hmm. how, what I, that's when I first started listening to her from, you know, wrestling radio in Canada and, and uh, the law and all that stuff. I used to listen to all that. I still listen to all that. And she was just she was polarizing even to the ears because of how much knowledge she had for the business, how much she knew it. She brought a real, a real sports feel to it the same way that they did in the NFL and the NBA and all this stuff. When they have their female commentators who bring it as well. I was so impressed with her. So when they went to WWE, I was hoping to get that same type of feel. She was. Yeah. I mean, she did an amazing job in the WWE in, in their bubble in their world. Uh And I don't mean that as an insult because the WWE has been very successful with what they do. Um, and I have my way of doing my show with the blue meanie. Uh And if the WWE contacted the meanie and myself and said, Hey, we'd like to put your show on our, our network. Uh Um, here's a bunch of money, but we want you to kind of do it this way. Well, guess what? You're probably not going to get exactly the same style of show that you're getting now because they have a very particular way of doing things. Yeah. Um, having said that, WWE, call me. You know. We'll talk. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I think there are a lot of aspects. To me, I would be surprised if she went anywhere other than AEW. If she was, if she stayed in wrestling. Yeah. 
she has the ability to go to many other places. Oh, I, I, if not AEW, then I definitely see ESPN in some form or fashion. It, it's just yeah, what I'm saying is no she has the ability to go to a lot of other places, and their ESPN, I'm sure, would would you know be crawling over themselves to try and get to get her. Um, but there's an aspect of AEW that you know you always want to keep your talent happy. Yeah. John Moxley is a is a big name talent for that company. Earned and, name and, at that. Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully he's going to be that for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, the ability to get to travel with his wife again isn't going to be the end of the world. You know, I mean, I think that would be like, I don't know, maybe Mox is just like, dude, I love my time to myself. But I I don't think that that's true. I think that they would really enjoy traveling together. And um, so I could see that as being like a, you know, and not even and I'm almost going to backpedal off of that because that was like, oh, we'll hire to keep Moxley happy. No, it would be an insult to her ability. I think hiring hiring her to I think Moxley being happy because his wife is traveling with him mm-hmm. is that that added bonus that just happens to come along with the fact that they've hired this incredible talent Agreed. who happens to be married to John Moxley. And like you said, it would be insulting to her to think, you know, like, Oh, you know what? Yeah, this would be, why don't we pick her up? Cause it's Moxley's wife. Right. Um, no, Renee young has, she has shown her abilities, uh, all across the board. And, um, you know, I, and look, I've been a big fan of her for a long time. Like pre WWE, man, it, it's, it's just so amazing. I like when, when she did get hired for WWE, I had this like, like yeah, I'm not surprised. At that at all. And I remember, and look, the thing is, I remember, you know, as far as AEW, I remember seeing her backstage at AEW. Um, I don't remember. I, maybe it was the night when Moxley won the title. Yeah. Um, and she was back there and everything, you know, and, and, uh, and that's something that, you know, I think WWE, there's kind of a respect there. It's her husband mm-hmm. working there. You know, it's not like she was going on air or and she never appeared in front of the crowd or never right. went out into the crowd. Um, she was strictly like hanging out, you know, to, to be with him and support him. Yeah. Um, but it's not like you look at the you look at that atmosphere. It's not like she doesn't know anybody there. You're right. Got all these people that are over there. She's extremely well know, respected. I, I'm I, assuming. What's that? Extremely well respected. I'm assuming. Absolutely. And you know, I, I I just look at it and and I can I can throw many more words around just to say uh, any promotion that hires her, professional wrestling or sports or sports broadcasting, whatever it is would be lucky to have her. Um, I think if she's leaving WWE, I think the, you know, attractive story to tell would be like, she was angry about this or she was angry about that. You know what the story is. Yeah. You don't know. And, and at the same time, it's not that easy. Sometimes a person can just get up in the morning and have a gut feeling that they want to do something else. Yeah. You know, we talked about, there's been a lot of talk about her having like a cookbook, <laughs> you know, like her, her doing some sort of like cooking show or do something like I've heard all these rumors. Don't know if any of that. No, the, the, uh, I can, I can attest that the, uh, I can confirm that the cookbook is real. Cause, uh, I just heard an interview with Moxley and he was, they said, he just said that they just finished, um, doing the cookbook and the, uh, everything that was the so, nice productions of it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's so the thing. You know, for all you know, she did this cookbook mm-hmm. and somebody says to her, listen, you know, we'd love to give you a show on this network, on the you know cooking channel or whatever it is. Yeah. And she looks at it and goes to WWE and says, listen, I'm ready for a new, a new chapter in my career. I'm ready for this. I have this opportunity. And they, and they tell her, 
you know what, go. There's all, doors always open for you. And she goes, it doesn't always have to be Renee Young got angry and decided and asked for her release because she's AEW bound. It doesn't have to be that. And so, you know, I don't know. I, I, uh, we won't know until the person says and states what they yeah. feel and say. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I definitely get that. So, all right, let's talk. Give me your biggest standout wrestler since this uh, this pandemic came by. Who has shined the most uh, in your eyes in any promotion? Um, I would say a cross between Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. and MJF. I figured that was going to be... <laughs> Jericho, I would say, but it doesn't even like matter. Like Jericho stands out forever. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like I feel like, like he, oh, Jericho, I feel like at this point, is, of course, you know. I feel yeah, I feel like at this point, especially what just happened and uh, Dynamite just last night, um, he can do anything and probably pull it off. And I think he just oh, tests God. himself immensely, especially this new match that's coming. Up. Yeah. Like, oh, seriously. I thought about like this is so gimmicky, but I'm like, I bet you he'll make it work. And here's the thing, it's Jericho. And as much as we, you know, you can say, oh, WWE can't get away with these things, whatever. Jericho, if it was Jericho in the WWE doing the same thing, it would be over. Because uh, he, uh, he gets it and he understands yeah. it. He knows I don't know that Orange Cassidy would be over in WWE. No. I, you know, I don't know. The and, way and that the, their, thing, strategy, their philosophy of things, it just doesn't match. Yeah, and, and um, but he would have been over in NXT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, different, God. you know, and, and that's it. Yes. So it's all about the environment, too. But yeah. um, no, I would say from an AEW standpoint, I would say um, MJF is stepping up his game, but I don't think he's quite uh, been as, as exposed as he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is great. And, I mean, I think that's one thing that we don't learn as fans, especially in this short attention society that we live in, is patience. Mm hmm. And I, you know, we grew up during, you know, the WWE, I, partic- I in particular grew up during the Crockett era. So mm-hmm. some of the rivalries lasted like way over a year. Oh, we, God, we, yeah. we didn't see the war games until like the development of the Road Warriors versus the Horsemen to Nikita turning a uh, face yep. to Dusty getting his ass whipped every single damn time. Uh, yep. Leading up to like, I'm tired of this. We need a double cage line at least. <laughs> to kick your ass. Yeah, I mean, it was a different time, but so I think the slow burn on MJF has been great. Yeah, I think absolutely. it was WWE, he would have either been lost in the shuffle by now or he would have already been world champion. Or they would have done this. Yeah, exactly. They would have done this, but in a faster pace and then they would have, yeah. it would have been done and over with. Yep. Um, but I think, uh, it was hard to say, I think AEW, a lot of people have, have, have stood out. Um, but in, I mean, just a, a lot of, uh, a lot of those guys have really just kind of, and girls, you know, have really stood out. Um, Britt Baker, who's been injured for so long throughout Lord. it, but she, she just shifted gears. And I know that kind of started at the tail end. That started on the Jericho cruise and kind of, you know. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot of really, there's a lot of talent, a lot of real talent there. But on the WWE side, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. To be honest, who's really stood out? Um, I guess Seth Rollins, I think, has uh, has kind of reinvented himself, and I think that stood out. Did you like that new Messiah gimmick that he's doing? I like it a lot better 
then I like the burn it down Seth Rollins. I, <laughs> I hate it. It felt so insincere. And I think Seth Rollins is a great heel. Right. Um, I think there's he, he has allowed depth to this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been – I think the heat that that character would have gotten in front of a crowd yeah. would have been amazing. Um, that, you know, and I think that's an unfortunate thing. I think, you know, Drew McIntyre, uh, I think had this never happened and Drew would have beaten Brock in front of 80,000 people. I think I feel so bad for that man. And and, and in terms of just waiting all this time to get to that point deservingly. Yeah. And, and I love Drew and, you know, to name drop, you know, Drew's a, a longtime friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I've talked to him about it and he's, you know, been very, very honest about it. Just mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, this sucks, but, <laughs> you know, but what are you going to do? It, 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 there was a time when you didn't have this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You can be three, you can be three MB about to get fired in front of an audience or you can be world champion in front of nobody. Right. And the reality is it's not that simple. Like he was booked. He's worked, he's worked very hard to yeah. get to where he is. He deserved more, but he's going to get, his he's going to get it down the line. I love his story regardless, because I mean, here is a guy who was already, you know, um, you know, proclaimed as the chosen one yep. by the company, by the brass. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, he does. He's he's too young to understand that or get that reach. He goes and earn it, and it, it's it. This is a, it's a story that's not written by WWE. That's that worked out for him so well, and then he's back bigger and better than ever. And yeah, I think he's going to be a bigger star when things kind of get back to normal. Yeah. Um. I think him working Orton tonight is going to be great. Yeah. Orton is one of those guys that has just never. Excuse me, as uh, as uh, Meany would say, these seltzer kisses. Um, uh, it's it's one of Randy Orton's one of those guys who I think he has everything. Yeah, he's absolutely everything, including the it factor. Mm-hmm. But something has just it, it doesn't always click. Yeah, and I think a lot of that's story, but I also think that a lot of that is. You know, I think there have been a lot of a lot of different factors to that. But I think Orton right now is the best he's ever been. Yeah. And you know, some people go, oh, Orton sucks, you know, whatever. And he's the he Orton's just so he does it so naturally. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Watch like really watch him work. Mm-hmm. And it is it's masterful. Like it really, you know, uh, like watch every move, every punch, every Every movement that that is a man who has no wasted movement in the he ring. He can trip you and it means something. Yeah. <laughs> no wasted movement on Randy Orton. Um, yeah. So, all right. Thank you for definitely coming on the show, Jazz. I got one more question. I got for yeah, you. This, is the, this is the this is the main event question right here. But all thank right. you for coming on the show. This is awesome. We finally got this thing working right. Yeah, dude. No, I'm. <laughs> Glad to be able to talk at somebody. Uh, you know. <laughs> and it's a pleasure to finally get to finally get to see you during this time that I could do video yeah. interviews. So finally, you know, because last time we actually saw each other uh, for the first time was at AEW in Philly, yep. episode number three. We finally got to meet. So it was like it was awesome. It was that episode three. Remember, it was the first. Remember, it was the first uh, title defense ever with Jericho versus Darby. Great event. Awesome. Oh, we That's actually. Supposed- we were supposed to go this year. 
No. <laughs> and then it was delayed again and again, and now it's supposed to be next year. But oh, I, um, look, I, I, my ticket is still solid. <laughs> so, they, so, so Mattel kind of, or Mattel, they do WWE, uh, uh, Jazzware, they, uh, they kind of um, screwed me here because, so I get an action figure. Uh, one day, when my, when my studio's finished, I'm, I'll have a, a shelf that has all this. I, have, I, I try my best to get an action figure of every single person that I've worked with that has an action figure. And obviously, I do the same thing. <laughs> obviously AEW prior to having that, it was, you know, uh, kind of, I just didn't put those people in, you know? Um, but now I look at it and I go, well, I've worked with like all of these people. And I even consider now I, I still would love to work with Jericho. Uh, but I was one of the people that he was yelling at backstage on his way to the little bit of the bubbly, uh, I take one and then a three. I talk about that. Yes. But, uh, so I count that. Uh, also, I have one of the, uh, the corks from the, from that he shot out That's like awesome. into the crowd. Right. And it, I was walking around getting ready to do my thing for fight and it landed by my feet. Wait, is this the Philly one? Uh, I don't remember what show it was. Cause I remember in Philly, after he Philly beat Darby, yeah, yeah. all of yeah. them came out with the, uh, mm-hmm. with the bubbly and just popping right. it everywhere. Yes, that is exactly what it was. So I have the cork from that. Awesome. Landed by my feet. I'm like, yeah, I'm not above taking this. I'm gonna, yeah. I looked around. I'm like, let's let a fan go grab it, and nobody grabbed it. I was like, okay. So I have that. So that'll be on the shelf with a little bit of the bubbly. Right. Um, but Darby Allen, first time I worked with him was that night. I did a backstage thing with him uh, at AEW. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Um, had a great time with him. And then we, we've been able to kind of continue on with like a series of that where I'll find him backstage and he's always sitting around and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But the chase variant of his figure that's going to be coming out mm. in that is based off of that night in Philly. It's got all wow. the champ, you know, where it says a like champion written yeah. all on him. That's the Chase variant. So for people who don't know, you obviously do know. Right. But for people who don't know, Chase variant is it's that's the one that's kind of tough. You've got your one that's there's going to be the normal amount in the boxes, and then that yeah. Chase is the one where you got to chase after it and find it. Right. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to just order it online and and get it. But how can I? If I'm getting an action figure of everybody, I'm going to get a Darby Allen action figure because I've worked with him. Yeah. And there is an action figure depicting. The, the first night I ever worked with him, uh, which I'm sure is going to be on the back of the box, Darby Allen depicting the first night Josh Chernoff ever Damn, worked with him. I might actually want to find that one too. But no, I mean, and that's, well, I mean, that's the thing too. You know, you're at the show in Philly. If that's, if you're collecting, why not get the one that represents. And that was, that was you, believe it or not, a, a, a historical night. Absolutely. I mean, the first, I think it was not only the first ever, uh, it wasn't the first ever AEW championship, but it was also the female, uh, the women's championship because Rio also competed for her title, if I'm correct, on air, didn't she? That's a great, uh, you know what? I was at a handful of the shows <laughs> in the beginning. I, uh, it's horrible, but I don't remember. Um, I, I'm going to go back. I got to look back. I got to backtrack, but I do believe Rio also may have actually, or it was rather her first time or a second time on that one, but it was definitely Jericho's first time. It had to be her first time because it was, three, it was episode picture, three. Honestly, I'm trying to picture backstage because mm. I was there when she won the title. Yeah. And I'm trying to picture what the backstage looked like. Or who she was fighting that night. Oh, it was Nyla Rose. In Philly? No, I know it was Nyla Rose was who she won the title for. I knew she won the title for me, but what, that wasn't in Philly. 
she defend she might have defended the title in Philly. Okay, she won it on the first night. She won it the first night. Okay, and that was in DC. Okay. So, yeah, in Philly, I have no idea then. Uh, Yeah, I'll backtrack on that one, but I knew absolutely uh, Darby and uh, Jericho that night because I have video footage. Yes, I got to go find that Chase figure and probably pay more money for it. uh, Well, here's the the unfortunate thing that I can bring up that's not going to help you. You've seen the shelves in stores. (laughs) I popped into Walmart. Mm hmm. Just, just to see if they had it, and yeah. everything was empty except for they had the ring. Wow. And I'm like, well, I don't, you know, what am I gonna do with this ring? Yeah. And then I bought it anyway. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, dude, if you it was drop it. That's pretty much as close to what you get. It was, tw- it was twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So what I'm gonna do is, I think all of the people, I think I'm gonna have the shelf because I've, I've been lucky enough that my shelf is overflowing that I have of this. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna end up having like two, like you see this thing behind me. So it'd be like two different things and i think i'm gonna see if i can fit the ring in one of the boxes and put all the AEW guys in their AEW ring you know and see if i can do that or something so maybe i'll put all of my like passes around sitting around all my i love the toy belt but they have but i kind of like i'm a replica collector and i'm like i want to i'm just hold off i don't want to get the toy belt i want i I, that AEW belt that AEW title is so awesome it is our version of the iwgp belt (laughs) <laughs> and it is beautiful. It's stunning. Heavy. I, it looks heavy. I heavy. mean, the thing is, like, about I, I don't know if this is a gimmick or anything, but they say they claimed they appraised it for like thirty grand. It better be heavy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much. Yeah, I don't know how much it would really go for, but I w- uh, But I will say, it was one of the shows. Again, I don't remember which, which show it was. Um, but the belt was just kind of laying back there. You know, they were doing some photos or whatever it was. Yeah. And one of the people at AEW was like, have you, have you held this before? Yeah. And I was like, no, I was, yeah, I'm going to wow. walk over, start picking up belts. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and I'd had the opportunity to, to see the, uh, the women's championship and hold that and the tag titles. And I've held many belts. Yeah. I have a belt there. I've held many belts before. Um, and of course, Conrad always has his belts on display, the big gold, the things like that. Right. Somebody's like, you need to hold this. This is really heavy. So I picked it up. I'm like, holy crap. Like it is legit a heavyweight title. <laughs> oh my God. It is really, I, I, I wish I could like, it's gotta be like 20 something pounds. Like it's, it's a heavy, it, it is a very heavy belt, but a beautiful, beautiful belt. Thoughts um, on the, uh, on the, uh, TNT title. Uh, I mean, definitely nice that they finished it. Um, but, uh, not my favorite. I think I like uh, it. Favorite. I, I definitely like it better, but that center, that center with the mirror. If the, like somebody suggested, if somebody actually did a uh, a, a uh, concept, a really cool Photoshop concept of it with the world on there, and I'm like, so much better. Makes such a major difference. Of, but they have the TNT logo, and I understand. And right, make it smaller, man. Make it, <laughs> make it smaller. It reminds uh, me they they make every. You notice they make everything big because remember when we first did the uh, show. Now I'm rocking the actual baseball jersey, but uh, I had the hat, and I barely yeah. wear the hat. And the reason for that is because the damn logo is so big. Like they want the helicopters from above to yep. spot the AWs there. I'm subtle. Like I like little small logos. Like this like subtle deals make a bigger difference for me that thing has a billboard 
I mean, it's look, I understand what they're doing, but it, <laughs> uh, now the TNT belt, it's just not for me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a belt guy. I love belts. Uh, if I had an endless amount of money, you'd be seeing nothing but belts all behind me. I, same here. Um, I Dave Milliken offered me a ring used, uh, wow. continental championship. Oh, and oh, like, I just told, when you say like, how, Oh, for a price. <laughs> okay. I was about to say like, Okay, I mean, anything he was from offering, that man? <laughs> he was offering the friends and family discount, which I think he was like saving $15 or something. But <laughs> it, was a, it was an amount that I looked at it and what I said to them was, I said, listen, I said, the amount of money I would save in this deal that you're giving me doesn't equal the amount of money I would lose in my divorce. <laughs> so, unfortunately, I'm going to have to pass on this belt. No disrespect uh, to the legendary belt uh, designer. No, but here's the thing. What I told what I told Dave though was, I, I this is actually where it kind of got awkward. So, <laughs> I told him, I'm like, so this was one of the, I think this was kind of one of the ones like the Miz had or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the white Intercontinental title, right? The yeah. Uh, but the WWE white Intercontinental uh, ring ring used and everything. So I said to him, I was like, listen, I was like, I'm not gonna do this, but I will tell you. If this was the 1997 era black strapped intercontinental title belt, I, you know, marriage be damned. I would, <laughs> I would have written you a check right there. And he goes to me, he's like, yeah, well, though I didn't make those. Those were uh, Joe Marshall made those. I was like, I was like, well, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, like I didn't like them as much, you know, uh, I just mean, cause like Owen Hart had it and, you know, Stone Cold and, uh, but honestly, man, those were my favorite belts. The ones in 97, Yeah, there was, and I feel bad because I I guess it was, it was the way Joe Marshall was, uh, I think it was the gold plating. It was Mm -hmm. just a different shade of gold. Yeah. I just love the way that it, it, it looked, it looked it looked like a championship, like an award, like, you know, and that's what's um, missing with a lot of the titles in WWE yeah. right now. It just looks like Mattel actually made them and not yeah. in actual, you know, like Dave McMillan or, um, what's the other one? Uh, I mean, Wildcat Belts makes their stuff. Wildcat, yeah, I mean, and, and no disrespect they to Wildcat. Know, I oh love God, Wildcat Belts. Wildcat does some really good stuff. Wildcat Belts is incredible. They yeah. don't make the designs. Like they've gone on record. They're like, I've seen their other, I've seen their other designs yeah. from other. They're like, we made the 24 seven title. We did not design the 24 seven title, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the final record belt. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> God, that belt, that belt is ugly as hell. Yeah. It's just a terrible. And then it had Dennis top with green leather <laughs> or, or green vinyl or whatever. It's just, ugh. look, I got one more question for you, which we talked about base. We've been talking about fans and the fans opinion in this yeah. case. Um, from that point, I put out a post at a, at a, on the 80 AEW Facebook group a while back that lasted over days upon days because it was a simple question. <laughs> and I'll ask you this question to see what your response. So okay. do you, do you think wrestling fans are more grateful or ungrateful in 2020 and why? Uh, more grateful or ungrateful, ungrateful. As, as opposed to when <laughs> like comparatively to, you know what I mean? Like great response comparatively <laughs> to 2020 or 2019. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Um, you're talking like based off of like compared to, let's say the nineties, let's say the eighties or when are you thinking? I would say, let's just say like right now with just COVID because you have this situation where 
you, people during trigger- this time period, during this pandemic, are they are they grateful for him wrestling? And, and I say that in a sense because you know what's going on in the world, and for some reason, people still want what they want despite mm-hmm. forgetting everything that's going on and they are, are judging this based on the their mindset of thinking that everything's still the same and mm. it's 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 crazy so here's my here's my take on it mm-hmm. social media has is, is such a double-edged sword mm-hmm. social media has given a voice to i have the ability to interact with fans of my show or fans of uh now we have the patreon people, you know, I, I love getting messages from people through mind of the meanie, um, on social media and interacting with these people that, that, you know, are entertained by what we're doing. They're wrestling fans just like me. And I, I've really gotten to build a nice rapport with a lot of these people. Um, and that's something with social media that I love. I'd be nowhere without social media. Um, it is, it is allowed me to get out in front of people and, and, and do these things. Right. Unfortunately, social media has also given a voice to the people who should have remained voiceless. And, you know, I can tell you from my days as a, as a wrestler, just looking at like when I wrestled for OVW, for instance, there were plenty of towns that we wrestled where there were people sitting in that front row who you'd hear the things they were saying and you'd, and that is not somebody you would ever ask their opinion on anything. <laughs> um, and those are the people hiding behind their keyboards saying, you know, giving their expert opinions on wrestling and what should happen and what, you know, so I think there is a, I think there is a group of people who are very grateful mm-hmm. for what these promotions are trying to do. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that we're so comfortable uh, insulting storylines shows that they are in a way still allowing us to lose ourselves in it mm-hmm. because it's such a crazy time that the fact that we're wasting our time talking about that during such an important time yeah. shows that these companies are doing their job. Um, but I also think that wrestling fans as a whole um, have been conditioned to, to be this way. They've been conditioned to complain and argue, but it's something they were always doing. Now they just do it in a wider, you know, you could argue with your one buddy, but now you and your one buddy can argue with a hundred thousand other people at the same exact time. And it's, it's like, it's overwhelming and negativity begets negativity right? So you put out one thing. I've had times where I've posted on social media, like I've tried to make a joke, like a lot of what I do, you know, I have my, my t-shirt sarcasm is my superpower, you know? <laughs> um, that's kind of my gimmick. So, so sure enough is it's a satirical wrestling news show. So I right. go out there and I, I make fun of, you know, what, what's out there. Yeah. But that's the point to make fun of it and have fun on my show. You know so, what you're getting yourself into when you watch right. your program. <laughs> so I'll go on social media sometimes and I'll try and uh, make a joke about something. <laughs> yeah. And somehow, like five minutes later, not only are people arguing with each other, they're arguing with each other about something that had nothing to do with what I posted. It is somehow degraded <laughs> itself to this. They, right, yeah. transitioned right and, into something else. 
Yeah, and people are like dying on their sword for like you know uh, uh, about New Japan, and I'm getting like, all about the source of what they were talking yeah. about originally. <laughs> I know it's like it's un it's unbelievable. I'm like saying something like uh, like. I don't know, like, hey, it looks like Sean Spears is wearing new gear. And, like, somehow by the end of it, it's like, you know, what What do you mean the IWGP title isn't – I'm like, what? Where did you connect these things? <laughs> but it's just, you know, so it's so – uh, you know, it's, it, that's just how it is. Are they, are they less grateful than they, than they used to be? Yeah, I think so in a way. Mm-hmm. I think there's this expectation that – Wrestling fans believe they deserve more. The entitlement. I think that's just our. I think that's just the way the world is right now. Yeah. We all feel entitled, myself included, at times. No matter how conscious, yeah. No matter how conscious I can be of that, there will definitely be times where I'll look back and I'll go like, "Oh, I guess I felt pretty entitled at that moment." Like you know, like they owed me something, and they don't. They don't owe me anything. How much do you think the internet plays a factor? Because you you think about this era and and from like you, you know the there was a time when we didn't have the internet. There was a time when we didn't under have this information that was brought upon us. That was the curtains was not open. There was kids are watching us. So they're going what? There was the how crack- are you people right exactly. There was a time in the eighties, eighty two, eighty three, eighty four, where we were. Some of us didn't know what was going on in the backstage. So all we were the, the, the way that we were talking about. Yeah, I was born in 83, so I had no idea in 82, 83, me, 84 me, what was going on in the backstage area. You're lying. But let me, <laughs> but let me just in case, let me refresh. During 82, 83, 84, I think I was probably like maybe 10, 11, 12. But I used to, I used to hang around friends who were older who were wrestling fans. What, and, what type of moisturizer do you use on your face, man? It's all natural, baby. I am, I am 36. I look in the mirror and I'm, and I look at myself and I go, you don't look too bad for mid fifties. <laughs> what, what are you doing? I, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a lotion called love and life. <laughs> no, that's no matter what <laughs> I'm slathering on the stress the hell out. I think is what I'm, uh, and trust me, if I take the hat off, <laughs> there's a lot of great, too. <laughs> No, but honestly, you know, during that time, you know, there was the Crockett era and we didn't know what was going on, but we were kids. First of all, we had no privy of any, any of that backstage stuff because the internet didn't exist, at least from a commercial standpoint. And we talked about wrestling the same way we would talk about the NBA, NFL and stuff like that. Like we, we treated Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, like, like natural athletes, which they are, but in a sports centric mindset. Now that when the curtain was backed up and we know how these guys are, you know, making it to the top and we know how the business somewhat is to some extent, we're net, we're more, I feel like that we're more critics than fans. Yes. Which is really a shame. I think you're right. I think that is, um, how that is unfortunately. And, and it's funny, RJ city, you know, RJ city. Yeah. Um, the the wrestler he's uh man you talk about somebody who shined during this pandemic that dude is is just on social media all the time he put out a thing like basically talking about that he he just nailed it where he was saying was wrestling really better when we were kids and the answer is no we were just dumber people because we were children yeah and he said, like, for instance, I'm all cheering about it. We were dumber as kids, by the and, way. Well, no, but I'm like, but, but so here's the thing. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing him and he was much funnier coming from him. But 
he talked about, he's like, okay, let's look at like the WWF. He's like, so you had like tugboat, yeah. not a guy who drives, who rides a tugboat. He was a tugboat. Like that's what you're calling him. <laughs> tugboat. And we're just like, oh, this guy's a boat. Okay. You have Papa Shango. Papa Shango can light his opponent's boots on fire at the end of the match. Why is that man ever losing a match? Why isn't he starting every single match by just lighting them on fire? Like, what is happening? He's got this magical powers, and we're looking at this going, well, that makes sense. I mean, obviously, he's using voodoo, of course. Right. And, you know, there are so many – God, The Undertaker. If you debuted Mark Calloway at – Which was one 20, of the skyscrapers when, it, when I first started watching. But if you – right. If you debuted if, – if, if – Mark Calloway jumped in a time machine and you bring 25 year old Mark Calloway, which is insane that that's how old he was when he started as the undertaker. Um, if you bring him to 2020 and you go, and we've never seen the undertaker character before, but you go, we are going to introduce the undertaker yeah. and he's going to come to the ring with brother love. And that's, what's going to happen. And this guy, there is no way. Mark Calloway is getting repackaged in his uh, day and age within, yes. a, within a week. <laughs> it's not happening. And uh, it, it's amazing his legacy and how long he was able to make that work, uh, do the biker gimmick and then come back and still like nobody's ever done that. <laughs> nobody's ever been able to pull that off. He is an example of, of the ability when done right is the ability to suspend disbelief because mm -hmm. that music hits and you still lose your shit for that guy. I'm and they've sorry. been trying to do that. To that. Yeah, you're fine. That, uh, that, that's the level. <laughs> but no, that's, the, that's, that's one formula that they cannot redo. And they've been trying to yeah. do it so many times. And, and, but, but you look at it and you go and you get it a little bit now with like The Fiend – you know, you would get that when his music would hit and then they ruined him. Uh, and hopefully he's, you know, oh, he's getting, you know, the, the, here's the nice thing about this, the pandemic as it relates to wrestling. Yeah. When full crowds return, mm -hmm. it's fair game for everybody. Yeah. There's a, you think that you ruin the fiend? Nope. Doesn't matter. We are so happy to see him live and in person again. Very true. And we are so happy to see him with an audience in front of him. If we're watching on TV, everybody gets a do over. Like, I agree. you know, we're all getting the old blackjack mulligan, as they say. You know? <laughs> so I think, um, but I think, you know, Undertaker, it's one of those things where you, his music would hit and he would come out and we suspend disbelief. No matter how much you go like, oh, he's old. He doesn't move the way he did before. You're looking at this guy who, you know, in your mind, not even the back of your mind, the front of your mind, you know, he was a broken down man whose body was a mess mm -hmm. and his music would hit and you'd go. Oh man, he's gonna kill somebody. <laughs> and, and that and that is the beauty of professional wrestling. And and that's I think at the core of everything, there are your fans who want to complain, and then there are the fans who complain because we want so badly to lose ourselves in this. And we have this uh, I feel sometimes a resentment towards the WWE. Like I go, I gave you my time. Yeah. I you know, we talk about how we're entitled, but in a way we are entitled mm -hmm. because I've given you my time, which is giving you the ratings, which is giving you the money from Fox and whatever. But I'm giving you my time to watch your show. I am here. Entertain me. Give me, allow me that escape. Allow me to go on. I want more than anything an episode of So Says Chernoff where I pop on and go, got to be honest with you guys, nothing bad to say this month. You know, like, 
and that's never going to happen because I'll always find something. But, you know, I just want I want to be entertained. Um, I think we all just want to be entertained, save for the the people who people who just want to be trolls. Um, but, you know. But here we sit <laughs> waiting to be entertained. Agreed. Just- that's why I get that's why I get messages from Fight TV's uh, uh, CEO saying, uh, have a great show. Don't bury them too badly. <laughs> so you got half a leeway there. I'm fine. It'll, it'll be an okay show and I'll bury them a lot until tonight. <laughs> Josh, it's been fun having you. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's been awesome thank as you. always. And thank you. You're the second person to be a part of the video experience here. Well, and hopefully, I, 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 hope it didn't, I hope it didn't turn people off. Ah. This is look. This is I told people from the get go on the show. This is going to be a wrestling centric uh, podcast this time. This is my this is my time, <laughs> and it's always the best time I have with you, man. So thank you so much for uh, coming on. Um, as always, plug away. Let us know where they can find you. Let us talk about the show tonight, and this will be airing today. So you will be oh, able to plug it today. You know I'm playing around, man. So uh, definitely, you know, get get it up out of the way. Plug Manny. Thank Manny for yeah. me. And uh, it's all yours. All right. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on here. I love this is, uh, uh, you know, an ability to just come on here and just talk to a friend and talk wrestling. I just love it. I look forward to when we're allowed to actually Man. get together in person at some point. We got to do something uh, <laughs> when AEW comes back. <laughs> yeah, we'll all get together. We'll have a good time. I'm going to be um, in a lower level this time. So, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I'm just hoping I'm, I'm, in the backstage again. Uh, yeah, at this point, they're going to be like, oh, what did you say about us on uh, alternative commentary? Like, Josh, uh, have you met Renee? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so uh, please follow me on social media at So Says Chernoff. Um, I'm, I'm at So Says Chernoff across the boards, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can follow my show. I always say it's at Chernoff Show, but I'm almost never doing anything but retweeting so says so sure enough, but so says so sure enough is a monthly show on fight TV. It's free. Uh, so just go enjoy yourself. Um, speaking of free every single Monday for free, the mind of the meanie podcast, as you can see it behind me, mind of the meanie. Some people say mind of meanie and they can't find it. It's mind of the meanie at mind of the meanie across all social media. Uh, it's myself and the blue meanie. We have a blast. We have so much fun. We just recorded our show yesterday for monday and it was a blast uh we have now started also if if you've got an extra five dollars that you want to spend we have patreon we kept it super cheap you get a lot of great things over that patreon patreon.com slash mind of the meanie one of the things you get is to watch us record the podcast live so you you get that on saturday um and then tonight man alternative commentary on fight tv myself and the blue meanie we'll be doing uh basically a watch along. We're going to call the matches. We're going to critique the matches. We're going to have fun with it. And, uh, and I'm sure you're going to get a lot of awesome stories from the blue meanie about the talent that's on there and, and his memories of, uh, of working in the WWE, uh, be it in 99 or in 2005. Um, we're going to have a blast. We don't know what is going to happen on the show. Uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, just, just check that out. Uh, I also have a show called On the Ropes on Fight TV, which unfortunately due to the pandemic, we only put out four episodes and then that got shut down. Um, but hopefully we'll be back next year uh, with more shows there. Uh, 
What else do I have? I think I have some more shows, right? Is that it? <laughs> you and uh, your kids. I think, yeah, I, uh, you can you can come by and watch us in our backyard. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, what's going on with this? Yeah, we're all <laughs> these people. people. Um, these pants yeah, no, <laughs> uh, but no, thank you so much. Um, and everybody just, uh, man, just, just be safe, do, do the right thing, get us, uh, back out in person and, uh, um, but yeah, tune into all the shows and, and have fun. They're all free. Just come have a good time. Uh, and man, Dax, I, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I appreciate you having me on here and all the support. Uh, oh, and Retromania, go pre-order Retromania, the video game, uh, if you're not tired of hearing my voice yet, um, <laughs> go to Retromania and uh, and just check it out uh, and follow them on social media. They're a great follow. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Josh. Folks, I Thank hope you enjoyed this very special episode of Talk Time Live. On behalf of myself and Josh Chernoff, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games, and in this case, wrestling. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. We are out of here. Take care. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.